Welcome, 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 faithful TPM podcast listeners. Well, I don't know how many of you are faithful, but I'm glad you're here listening to us today. Uh, welcome to the Theology of Plain Men podcast, the, the time where a bunch of us guys from Minnesota sit down and talk together about life and, and uh, philosophy and theology from a, a pretty non-high, <laughs> I preachy view. <laughs> yeah. I'm here today with my good friends, Andre Nelson and David Nelson. Yeah, you guessed it. They're twins. <laughs> they're not. We should do a blood test soon. I think that'd be an interesting thing to bring on the podcast and hey, see yeah. if Andre has any sort the, of connection. See where the break was yeah. uh, ancestrally. <laughs> yeah, um, that would be incredible. Um, so we're here today, guys. Um, we're going to be hitting probably on a few different things. But first, can we just address how beautiful it is outside? I don't know how many of you are listening from the great land of 10,000 lakes uh, as we are here in Minnesota, but uh, it's been it's been tropical and everyone seems to be in an awesome mood. Mm-hmm. Um, but today we're, we're recording here on a Wednesday and we just got through a weird thunderstorm, which I feel like never happens here in March. Um, we were yeah, in a yeah. tornado warning for a hot minute um, and I... Uh, <laughs> Just uh, uh, I'm curious, you guys. Just, yeah. Oh my gosh! I had told, I had mentioned to my wife Abby. I was like, I wonder if we're in a tornado. War. She's like, No, it's like it's March. Like it's early March. Like that's not true. Now I feel very vindicated because I was like, <laughs> Oh, good. I was able to, yeah, I was able to tell that from just looking at the sky. But well, now you have uh, you have yeah. a fun story to take home. Yeah. Um. So we, I'm watching this on the radar, right? And uh, my wife Lauren and I we were kind of bored by the end of the day. We both work from home all the time, and so. We just look for any excuse to get out of our apartment. So as soon as the tornado warning uh, passes, we're like, you know what we should do? We should go drive around in the middle of the storm. <laughs> that's that's going to be our entertainment for the oh day. And we did it. And it hailed on us a little bit. And it was uh, kind of a good bit of flooding on the road. But um, it, it's still COVID season. And your opportunities for entertainment are somewhat slim. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever done anything quite as uh, pathetic of an attempt for entertainment as that. But that's that's where I'm at today. No, we got, I got hail where I live too, which was kind of surprising. So, um, yeah, I had to run out and pull the car into the, oh, dang. Into the uh, garage. So that was some excitement, some urgency to the otherwise eventless day. An eventless day during an eventless week. <laughs> yeah, I think you can yeah. scale that probably beyond a week. <laughs> I'm, al- I'm always like, just speaking of like Andre rescuing his car. Like, I remember there was one time, like, a few years ago where it hailed on on our car, and it ended up being classified as totaled, which I was like, I didn't know, like, hail could do that to a car. But oh, like, yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. Oh, man. All right. One one more anecdote that I wasn't even meaning to cover today. Uh, a fellow TPM podcaster, Michael Francis, he and I went out, uh, <laughs> I think this was sophomore year when we were at the University of Minnesota, and we thought it'd be a good idea to take his dad's Jeep that he was he had at a college, and we were going to go storm chasing. What could go wrong, mm. right? And so we we go out around the Twin Cities metro, and we're we're just trying to drive into the heart of the storm, um, like the professional storm chasers. We certainly were, and uh, <laughs> the sky immediately just turns green, oh, and gosh. we're like, oh no, it is going to hail immediately, and just instantly, it just starts hailing all over his car. We find an underpass or an overpass uh, to pull under, and uh, <laughs> we made it just in time. But that could have been real bad oh, so gosh. um you know we're we're in minnesota and we talk about the weather so yeah um that that was probably boring for everyone else but it's it's all we talk <laughs> about here when when there's nothing else to hit on 
So guys, we are, we're in the middle of our misconception series. And mm-hmm. if you're just joining us for the first time uh, on the TPM podcast, we've been going over a bunch of misconceptions of the Christian faith. So how are Christians understood and misunderstood um, in culture at large through history and most importantly um, in our context of mm-hmm. primarily America in 2020, 2021. Um, and today we're hitting on, are Christians the only people with faith? Or maybe the misconception would be Christians are the only ones that have faith. So I want to kick it over to you guys. I've talked enough now. Um, <laughs> what do you guys think about that? What do you think about faith? What does that mean? Um, and where has this misconception come up in your life? I think that the word faith has a lot of connotations with religion. Um, you know, and because people use the phrase, my, my faith mm-hmm. is important to me. And I mean, I would say that. So maybe that's where I'm going to own the misconception or, or own the fact that it's not clear necessarily what what it means when I say that or what I'm intending by the word faith. But I think that's where it comes from is the fact that faith is such a loaded term. And it because of that, it tends to be associated more with like kind of metaphysical faith or mm-hmm. um you know, belief in things that you can't see, which as we talk about it more, we'll see that there are other kinds of faith and they are also in things that you can't see. Um, But those other meanings or other interpretations of faith are are less come to mind a little bit slower than, you know, religious faith. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, I think the first thing I thought of in examining this question was a experience I had in high school where I, my junior year, I was sitting by uh, one. At, at that point, I wasn't a believer, um, but I was sitting beside somebody who was a strong believer. And then I also had friends on the other side. They literally sat across from each other. Like that's how it worked. But like, like they were going at it um, from a agnostic, atheistic worldview, where they were like, "Well, listen, like Thomas, you have faith, and like you know that's great, but like we have science." And so I feel like a lot of times, what happens in this misconception is like uh, we try to like pit those two against each other, and almost like you know, uh, you know, science and reasoning and logic and facts and some of those sorts of things, like they seem like they're like incompatible or the opposite of faith. And I feel like when I've, when I've had discussions with people about this, uh, I'm really glad I never jumped into that lunchroom conversation because I wouldn't have known anything, but, um, yeah, I just feel like, I think a lot of times we just try to pit them against each other and that I, I think one thing we're going to get to tonight is probably just, we can't think of it that way. Like we can't separate those two things. I think there is like you know, there are things that we have faith in, but there's also like there's evidence for that faith and, and, and other various things like that. So I, I don't know. That was just what I thought of immediately when when we were thinking about this question. I would have loved to see you, David, get into that conversation. And it would have been, been really, really rough. <laughs> I feel like rough. that's where you learn the most, though, is when you get absolutely slammed. Oh, in, it would have been bad. Yeah, it, it would have been bad. So maybe maybe a helpful thing to, to think about or discuss is um, what, what do we mean when we mean by faith? Um, so, Andre, you kind of talked about um, being misunderstood or maybe you perpetuating a misunderstanding of faith. Um, go ahead and define for us what what do you mean when you say um, you have faith or that's something that's important to you? Yeah, I think that at the core of it, uh, faith is going to be defined. Maybe I like to define things in terms of what they are the same as kind of synonyms. Um I, I think that if you were to look up a definition, which I guess I don't have one right in front of me, but uh, it's basically belief, uh, confidence, trust. It's taking this 
area of uncertainty and making a decision about what is right or what you know what is truth the way things are um and kind of committing to that that description that truth or statement um despite not having proof or facts that necessarily support it so um i think you know in my you can have faith in certain facts about science that are i think there's so that's where it gets kind of tricky because that's and david got at this but you know there the world can accept certain truths about science like a good example is like atoms have protons and neutrons at the center of them and and that's the center and then there's electrons spinning around and there's all this evidence for that um but i haven't seen an atom myself and so I, I do, and I'm not a physicist, and I'm, and I haven't done the research. I haven't checked the numbers and uh, all of that. And so, to a degree, in a certain way, I have faith in the fact that that is all true. That the people who have constructed that explanation of the way things are are correct. Um, and so, and so, as far as I'm concerned, I haven't, I haven't myself proved it. So, I kind of have faith in that fact. Um, a, a similar one is like my car like i have faith in the fact that my car is well constructed and i have a little bit of proof you know like i kind of knock on it with my fist every now and then just to make sure it doesn't fall apart but at the end of the day i'm not an engineer or a welder or whatever i don't know what you are if you make make build cars uh uh but but i believe i i believe i have confidence i trust mm -hmm. that my car is safe yeah yeah, Andre, you refused to do this last week when we were on the podcast together with Zach. You might not be a physicist, but you are a neuroscientist, so <laughs> yeah, you, you do you do have and some too. some and I scientific. Have seen, I have seen my fair share of neurons, which is I would say maybe an unusual <laughs> thing. So that I don't necessarily have faith in. The brain it truly is neurons. I can tell you that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's a good callback too, Gabe. <laughs> you might want to, if you haven't yeah. listened to it yet, go back and listen to. Uh, do Christians believe in science? That uh, that was released a few weeks ago. Um, that'll, that'll be a good predecessor to this one. Oh yeah, just like tune me out though, because I was on there with Andre, the neuroscientist, and Zach, the aerospace engineer, and I was just like, and we almost—I was really sad he didn't come on—and we almost had NASA employee Nick Schleife as well. And so I just would have been there with my Bachelor of Arts degree in uh, journalism uh, as the non-scientific <laughs> one of the group. And so I was just like, oh man, I am I'm in over my head. But no, I think I think Andre covered it really well, especially just that definition of just this this personal like assent and trust in and uh, reliance upon. I feel like those are all really good buzzwords for for defining faith. But you know, in that same vein, like yeah, you, like you you put faith in in things that like you probably don't even think about. Um, like for instance, the the personal example I have was, uh, oh man, how long is this ago now? This will be this will be fourteen years ago in August. So uh, August first, two thousand seven. Uh, true story. Uh, my brothers and I piled into my mom's minivan, and we went to go get a haircut. And at that time, we're living in Bloomington, Minnesota, and we're going to Dickey Town. Which, if you know the route you're taking, you're driving over this really big bridge called the thirty five W Bridge. And at ten thirty, eleven o'clock, we crossed over that bridge so that. My brother's not going to get a haircut. Seven, six, seven, eight hours later, the bridge is in the water. 
and it was the 35W bridge collapse. That was the day it collapsed. It was August 1st, 2007. It was like 5, 6, 7 o'clock, somewhere in there. And it's like, you know, we went over that bridge. Like, you know, I'm like, you know, 11 or 12, and it's like, oh, okay, we're going over a bridge. Like, I'm I'm trusting, and I have faith that, like, we're going to get across this bridge. Because, like, if I, if I don't have that faith, like, I'm telling my mom, stop the car, and, like, I don't want to go over this bridge. I have no faith that I'm actually going to get over it. But it's like, no, you have that, like, implicit trust that, like, you're going to be able to safely cross. Um, whereas that's not always the case, unfortunately and tragically. But, you know, we do put faith into things that we just, I feel like we're not even thinking about it when we're doing it. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, that's such an interesting point. Um, and, and that's a good anecdote, David. I, I'm curious, though. So we're, we're talking about this and we're contrasting the Christian worldview primarily to a secular worldview, right? And I think, I think we do that a lot as um, because of the context that we're in, we're, we're in the, uh, a pretty metropolitan area in Minnesota. And, and demographically, we're probably interacting with more atheists than we are people of a, another um, core, let's say, Abrahamic religion. So uh, I, I'm, I'm good keeping going on this train, but I, I want to be clear. We don't, uh, we don't disagree that other major religions have faith either, right? I just want to clear that up before we move on. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I want to I dig in then. Um, Andre, you said that this tends to go to the metaphysics and then digging into it a little bit more about um, having faith in things like the, the strength of a bridge or the quality of your car. So a lot of those you have experienced, right? You've, you have empirical evidence to suggest a pattern and you, you've witnessed it for time and time and time again, that's built up a, a certain degree of confidence, right? So explain how that is the same and how that's different with the faith you have in, in your belief in God and Christ and your salvation, all these things. Um, cause I, th- I think there's probably a lot that is similar, um, more than probably the average a secular person would even understand how, how faith is defined in Christianity. But I, I would be curious to hear you guys' thoughts if you can dig into that a little bit. Yeah, that's a good question. Because it, it's not like blind faith, like mm-hmm. fresh blind faith every single day, um, yeah. which it hadn't, I guess, didn't occur to me. So that's why I say it's a good question. It's It's making me realize it's kind of built upon day by day. Like there was a time when I turned in blind faith to Christ and said, I need you. I, on my own am insufficient. I am sinful, yada, yada, yada. And, and that was, that was founded on some experiences, but, but, you know, 15 years ago or whatever, uh, you know, 15 years less of experiences than I, look back on now and so the faith that i wake up with in the morning you're right is not is is founded on something and it is is based on the fact that you know as a scientist might say well yeah i you know i have to have faith in the fact that the atom is whatever it is well you've studied it and you've learned it and maybe you have seen a little bit you know you you can't paint the whole picture you can't you know teach a lecture on it or convince somebody from the ground up in 10 minutes what the way that everything is but you have built up this awareness or this kind of framework around which your your current faith is is um, kind of situated. And so while it's still faith and you don't necessarily have all the answers or, or you know, you, you haven't connected every possible dot, uh, it's, it's, yeah, that's, it's good. It's more complicated than that. It's kind of more nuanced than that. And so, you know, to speak practically, like when you... When, when you feel that you've seen answer to prayer, 
I, I see that as something that is like really encouraging mm-hmm. to my faith, you know, or, or when, you know, I see the way of Christ bear fruit in my life and in others, people's life in my community. That's something that situates my faith or, or yeah, encourages my faith to be the way that it is. Um, and makes it, and frankly, makes it easier to have faith. I mean, and that's mm-hmm. something that we should say. It's not always easy to have faith. Um, it's not always satisfying, even if you're a science person and you you like, you know, kind of the logical whatever. It can be uncomfortable to step out in faith. But I think that's that. So then that should be an encouraging word that there is such thing as these these things, these experiences, and you know, small things that contribute to an environment where faith is possible. I was going to say, Matt, if you want to repeat the question one more time, I'm just reorganizing <laughs> my thoughts here. Uh, we're, we're trying to compare and contrast the Christian faith versus mm. the faith in other things. Oh, so the, yeah, the faith yeah, yeah. that okay. a scientist okay. have, the faith that a young David Nelson has driving over the 35W <laughs> bridge. Yeah. What yeah, does yeah, that yeah. look like to you? Yeah. Um, and, and I had looked this up. This wasn't off the top of my head. I couldn't remember what the three Latin words were, but there were like, there's like three Latin words that I think a lot of people like to like use to help define faith. And the, and the first one I think is notia. My, my phone went, uh, a little dark here for a second, but basically like the first thing I think you have to like recognize and realize, and at least I would hope this is true for, for every Christian. Um, but like, yeah, as Andre, like it's not it's not a blind faith. It's not like I just like all of a sudden like walk into a church building and I'm like, yo, I'm a Jesus freak now. Like that's like that's not <laughs> how it works. Like this just it's not how like any of this works. Like there is like historical true realities that like we first recognize are there and real. Like Jesus, like whether you like it or not, like Jesus was a real person, and whether you like it or not, Jesus was really historically crucified by the Roman government. Like those two facts are like undeniably real, and like. That forces you to make a decision. That forces you to, like, decide in your mind, like, oh, like, I I have to do something with that. Um, And, you know, comparing it to, like, you know, something that we would put, like, so I use the bridge example, and now I'm thinking of, like, a walk bridge um, still on the University of Minnesota campus that was always, like, so rickety. But, like, you know, if I look at that bridge from afar, I'm like, okay, that is a mechanism that I'm going to use to get me from one side of the train tracks to the other, and I'm going to walk across that. Like, there is some, like... Uh, like sensory historical reality that you have. Um, and then you go from there and then you go to, okay, I'm, I'm going to trust in that historical or sensory thing. Um, whether it's Jesus was a real person, he really died. And I really think he rose from the grave. Like, I think there's a lot of logical reasoning to believe that he rose from the grave. And, or if it's a bridge, you know, it's like, oh, I don't like, it doesn't seem rickety, but I believe it could get me across. And then the third element is, you know, oh, it's going to take me. Like, I'm going to actually go. Like, I'm going to put my trust in Jesus. I'm going to put my trust in this historical person who has invited me to trust in him. And, you know, it's the same, again, with just the bridge illustration is like, no, eventually, like, you have to actually put a foot on that bridge and put another foot and another foot and another foot until you get across. Like, you actually have to do that. So I think when you're, like, thinking about faith, um, whether it's in in God and Christ or whether it's in something else, like, I think all those elements are, are there. Um, and I don't think it's, it's so different, but obviously I think the difference in these examples is like, God's an actual person. Like it's, it's, God's not like an idea or a concept. Like he's a real living person. Like, you know, like when we pray, it's not like we're talking to like 
a, like a golden statue or something like that. Like we're, we're talking to a real person where, and, and I think that's where the big difference comes in is like, you know, like for Christians, like we believe God is alive and like, we can actually like trust in him now and hope in him now. And like, Sorry, you said don't get preachy, but I'm getting a little preachy here. <laughs> For um, those who don't know David, he he is partly, he's in ministry. So he, yeah, he, he's is, the one of us that is allowed is to get preachy. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we're all allowed to get preachy, like, uh, honestly. Um, but it's just, you know, but like, I think I think that's where the, the, the dividing line comes in is like, you know, there is this like personal, but, you know, we could go in and, and talk about, you know, personal trust in your spouse or personal trust in a good friend. Like, I think, you know, some of those things are, anyway, that felt like word vomit, but Suffice to say, those those are my thoughts when it comes to the uh, faith versus faith in our world. Yeah, word vomit. So just, in other words, another episode of TPM. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That. That's right. Hey, well, I, I tell you, if I had a nickel for every time I, I heard a bridge used as a metaphor in the Christian faith. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You'd be loaded. You'd be loaded. <laughs> I think we'd be doing pretty yeah. good. So I'm, I'm glad to keep another word on this pile. Um, I love where you guys went. That's exactly what I wanted to discuss um, was that one, it's not a blind faith, but two, that we, there's a reason for the faith. And that's something the Bible talks about a lot, right? Um, Peter tells us that we should always be prepared to have a defense for our faith. Um, and, uh, and that's something that I know, uh, we take seriously and, and that's called, uh, in, in the Christian world, at least that's called the study of apologetics or just pretty much having a defense for, for your set of beliefs. And we'll probably have to do a separate podcast on that at some point. Cause that's, that's a whole other, uh, stream of <laughs> thought that David was starting to go down there. Um, but it's really important because it's, I, I, I do think that part of the misconception of faith that Christians do have, um, it, it's misconceived to be blind. And I, I think for yeah. the serious believer, that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that, that uh, I know I, I found just so profound when I started studying and thinking about that more in college was the, even if you take it more metaphysical, like Andre mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast, you know, what, what do we believe in at the, the core foundations of our being? So let's take it out of religion. How do we even know that logic is, uh, or reason is a right way to interpret the world. How do we know that today is going to be like tomorrow? How do we know that we can, you know, boil it down to the base reasoning that you can regress all the way back to as basic of a, a fundamental thought as possible? And at some point, we're going to have to have faith in in one thing or another. Um, it's it's what do we choose to do that in? Um, that's that's a whole separate stream of thought that we won't get into today. But um, Andre, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say. That reminded me of a, a, a thought that I've had on this topic, which is, I think a lot of the the kind of idea, even maybe this gets back more to the definition of faith, but but it's worth acknowledging that faith involves stakes. Yeah. So <clears throat> when you are uh, expressing or embracing faith about something, or or stepping out in faith, or or trusting. Um, to go back to my other synonyms, trusting something, there is on the other side of that, like what did I I wrote it down. It took me a couple of times to even write this down correctly. You're acknowledging that you do not know something and that you're staking something against the yeah. possibility of the object of your faith being wrong. So Ooh, a couple good. of good that's examples. Good. If for those that have faith, have faith in their partner, they're saying, I have faith in this person that I'm going to make personal sacrifices that are going to be honored by them, and that if they aren't, I will have made those sacrifices in vain. I will have wasted my time <clears throat> on that. 
I said the car thing already, but similarly, like I have faith in the sturdiness of my car, and if it's if my faith is faith is misplaced, I could be hurt. Um, and so for like spiritual faith, you know, I I think that's where it's really important. That that's where faith becomes very important is because mm-hmm. what is at stake when it comes to faith in Christ or faith in the absence of Christ. If, if you think yeah. atheism, it's like belief that there specifically isn't a God. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's like know. it's Pascal's wager, right? Like that was that yeah, was yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Do you want to tell us what that is, David? I think that would be good for if people aren't aware. Yeah. Um, so Blaise Pascal was uh, a big guy in in church history. I'm trying to think of like other you know big things that he's known for. My church history the class pensée. was a while ago. What's that? The Pensee, uh, the book of thoughts or whatever the little oh, one-liners yeah, 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 yeah. hundreds and hundreds of them super smart dude um but he came yeah. up with what is called like the you know pascal's i'm sure he didn't call it that but it was just like <laughs> you know it was, it was this idea of like you know in the christian faith like we say like trust in jesus have your sins forgiven and you will enter into eternal life with god uh, at the end of your life and then he's like okay you have that in one hand and then on the other hand like you were talking about like you can deny christ you can deny that He's Savior. You can deny He's Lord, um, and then you can die. And then the Christian would say you'd be judged, and then you would fall away from God for eternity, which we call the wrath of God, hell. That's what would happen. And Pascal goes, okay, so you can either believe and be saved, or not believe and potentially be damned. And and there's more riding on you believing than there is on you not believing. So he's like, why don't you just believe to begin with, and then it'll be fine. Like if 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 it ends up not being real, like what do you lose? Like yeah, you, we yeah. go into the dirt and like our brains rot and worms eat us. Like that's it. So that yeah. was that was kind of his thing, I think, in, a, in an apologetic exactly. sense. And so, and there's something to be said about, and I'd like to hear what you guys have to say about this. Is what does in your as you think about the stake side of this, what do the stakes have to do with how much faith is like warranted? Because I can almost see it both ways, and and I think we could get to the bottom of something here. This is really going to be verbal processing for me, at least. Is it, on one hand, I might say that the higher the stakes are, the less faith I'm willing to, um, mm. whatever, Put allow for. Yeah. Right? I'm going to do more work to kind of close the loop on things and not have to express faith or just embrace faith on those things because the stakes are super high. But I don't know if that rings, if that like meshes, or if that's in harmony with, you know, the need for great faith when it comes to spirituality, because those stakes are the highest stakes, and so I don't know. Does that does that ring any bells for you? I I think something that might be helpful to define. Um, I I think there are a few different types of faith, and I don't have a good definition of how I want to break these up. But I, we've been talking about faith in terms of epistemology so far of like how do we know what is true and how, how do we kind of stake our claim in this is truth versus this is not truth um so, so that's a big part but I, I do think there's a a factor of faith within someone's worldview where they choose to um trust to a greater degree some um mm-hmm. and i don't think that's quite as clear that uh, in terms of how how we're defining that um for instance you know um the the bible talks about you know lean not on your own wisdom um, but but rather lean on God's and lean on God's teaching. Does that mean that we're we're told not to use our reason and told to mm. ignore it? 
Um, no, right? Because those are two ty- separate types of faith. I would argue we mm-hmm. have we have the faith that, or we have we have reason um, to be able to get ourselves to um, to understand how to interpret that. But then we're we're not told to ignore reason altogether. In the same way, we have the faith to believe, but we also have the faith to be able to concede that we're not um, as knowledgeable as as God is. Um, so that might just be a little bit of a precursor to to a bigger mm-hmm. thought there. But I, I would overall agree. I think the less or the the bigger the stakes, the less I'm comfortable <laughs> with leaving to faith. Mm-hmm. And in in, in some yeah. ways, that can be a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. If we're talking, we believe that our faith determines our eternal outcome mm-hmm. as Christians, and a lot of other religions believe the same. Um, we should be working like crazy to make sure that we have um, exhausted. Uh, all possible options you know we uh, and that's what andre's talking about it's not a blind faith we Mm -hmm. don't just say yeah we're christians now because my grandfather was a christian and my father was a christian and so i'm going to be as well no we should be questioning we should be challenging ourselves Mm -hmm. we should be looking at everything out there um, because if we're serious about this we should believe that our faith and our worldview can stand up to scrutiny so um in in that sense i i don't think it's in opposition to work and chat testing and reason and trial Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. I would tend to go along the same lines as what you were thinking, Andre. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how much time we have left here. I can't remember what the, uh, the stopwatch meter was, but, um, yeah, I was just going to say very quickly. Yeah. Uh, to what you guys are saying, like, absolutely. Like the Bible is not against using reason. Like, please don't hear that when, when Christians talk about, you know, my faith or, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. Like I can think of like five or six different Bible verses. Like, uh, I'm thinking of Isaiah one, I think it's 16, um, where uh, some people know this verse, I think it's kind of popular verse, but it talks about that your sins are like scarlet, they'll be white as snow. But what's interesting is the opening sentence of, or the opening line of that verse is come, let us like, God is saying, come, let's reason together. Like God's like, I'm going to show you why this works. And I'm going to show you how I can make you white as snow. And it's not, um, you know, encroaching my justice and it's not encroaching my goodness or my wisdom or, or what have you. Um, so, oh, uh, yeah, so absolutely. Like, don't think of this as like, you know, face on one side, reasonings on the other. Like they meet, like they come together and they meet. And I think that's so, so critical. And, and as you guys were saying, yeah, like higher the stakes. Um, yeah, I want, I want more reasoning. And I think, uh, Jesus is sturdy enough for our, our deep questions and our deep reasons. That's such a good takeaway and a good, good boy. I, I want to edit that to be a, a sound bite for us. Um, what you just said, David, I thought that was great. Um, and I think that's a good transition here too, um, to kind of wrapping this up. So um, I'm curious, guys. Uh, I, I want I want to summarize our thoughts, and I want to do it by asking you a question. So take it or leave it, but um, summarize your thoughts here. I want to know how what we've talked about tonight. Um, if you're talking to a, a new Christian, a younger Christian, or someone who isn't and um, and who would you know have this misconception, what are you communicating to them to? help uh help clarify this and uh and what's your takeaway with that um i'm gonna say take inventory of what you have faith in so mm-hmm. just think critically in maybe the terms that we've used on this podcast today you know realize that you're you have faith in probably more things than you think you do and and then also think about the stakes of those things on your list maybe Maybe make a list. Think of the top 10 most high stakes things you have faith in. And consider, is do I count my faith in Christ as the most consequential thing that I have faith in? 
or my or do you know is my faith in my relationships more um important to me do i feel like there's more at stake in the trust that i put into my relationships if i am wronged by somebody in my relationships if that faith is betrayed am i okay you know getting back to this am i okay thing uh is that is that like the worst thing for your faith to be misplaced in or is mm. You know, what are the stakes? Think about it that way. I, I, I think that was the breakthrough for me on this topic was thinking about the stakes of the things you have faith in. Um, it really it really makes it tangible. Yeah, I think I think the only thing I'd add uh, to to Andre's points is just I think uh, in addition to the lists, I think add another list of just questions that you have uh, and and bring them toward Christian friends, bring them toward people you trust, people you love, people who want to help you. Uh, bring them to pastors. Um, like, listen, like, like your questions, like, they're not like, uh, how do I say that? It, that sound saying that your questions are not unique. Like, it it sounds mean, but it's like it's it's true. Like the like the questions that you have are questions that other people have had, and like I think most Christians have probably thought through. Um, but yeah, like as Andre said, like I think there's so much stock to be taken by like we put faith in in a lot of things, like bridges and cars and spouses and, and all of these people. So just yeah, think about those things and then just be like, is it really all that crazy for me to put my faith in a, uh, a man who lived 2000 years ago and, and, and died, uh, potentially in my place? Like, is it really that crazy for me to do that? And, and I think what they'll find is, is no, it's, it's not. Uh, the, these are great points, guys. I, I hear Andre saying and, and kind of alluding a lot to to the argument that everyone has faith. I hear David going into it and saying, like, this is what it looks like to transition that faith to more of a, a theistic or um, specifically Christian worldview. Um, and I, I would add just a little bit more to that even um, to, to the listener who, who maybe just isn't convinced yet. Um, I would ask, what are you waiting for? Like, w- what's going to have to happen for you to be convinced that um the, the faith in a God is, is that much different. Um, what would it take you to, to really be convinced? Would it take a miracle? Would it take, um, some extraordinary thing that just simply can't be explained? And if, if so, um, would that really do it? Be critical of it, of your worldview and your thoughts, or would you find a way to explain that away too? Because we have so many examples through the Bible, um, of times that miracles happened and that, um, that didn't make a difference. People still were hardened and chose not to believe. And specifically, um, I want to call back to a, a, a couple of verses that we read a few weeks ago when we were talking about heaven and hell. Mm. Um, and it's a story of uh, Lazarus and the rich man. And when uh, the, the story that Jesus is telling is that Lazarus and a rich man both went and died and went to the afterlife. And um, the, the rich man is in Hades or, or hell, if you will. And um, Abraham, uh, sorry, Lazarus is in Abraham's bosom or let's call that heaven here. And um, pretty much the, the rich man realizes what happened and he begs God. He said, um, please let me or let me actually get this. So I, I uh, say it right. Um, but he says, um, I beg you, father, send him to my father's house. Um, that is Lazarus, for I have five brothers. And so that he may warn them, lest they also come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets, prophets, let them hear them. Um and pretty much what what this is saying is it doesn't matter if mm-hmm. if a man came back from the dead and spoke to them in person they still wouldn't believe so god's given us everything we need for life and godliness and um it's time we take stock of that what are we putting our faith in now 
Um, and, and how is that really all that different? So, um, take, take consideration of that over the next week. Think about it, pray about it. Um, and, uh, yeah, reach out to other people, have this conversation. It's pretty common for people to think about and it's incredibly important. So we said a lot of things today. Um, I really hope that you guys got something out of it. And, um, it's our earnest hope that our verbal processing has been for your edification. Thanks everyone.